Good morning, Fresno. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Life and Family Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller. You know, John, I'm I'm just realizing I always open with good morning, Fresno, and that is technically accurate because mm-hmm. uh, you and I, my co-host, John Girardi from Right to Life Central California, you and I are physically in Fresno. We yes, are in indeed. the in the wonderful palatial studio of Right to Life Central California. Happy to be here as hosted as always. Um, we are physically in Fresno. The studio is there, and Talk Radio 1680 is broadcast in the greater Fresno radio market. But, John, but spiritually, it, where are we really located? It's so much more than just Fresno. You've got Clovis, number one, <laughs> uh, which a lot of people in Clovis get offended if you say they're from Fresno. Rightly so, I would Do assume. they? I don't know. I don't know. Enough of the people that I've met. Um, but there is, uh, those people need to make like a hill and get over it. Yeah. It's a suburb. Like, calm down. You know, that's almost a reference to the show we, uh, talked about last week, which was back to the future. So make like a tree and get out of here. Make like a tree and get the bleep out of here. That's right. It's pretty funny. Okay. So, um, anyway, folks, I want to tell you if you are listening on a podcast or if you're watching online, Hello. I will now look you in the eye to convey that I am talking directly to you and not only to the people on the radio. Thank you for tuning in on this fine Monday, the last Monday in July. John, I know you're going to make fun of me, but seriously, I, I cannot believe that August is coming up just this Thursday. We have uh, big, big news on tomorrow and Wednesday. We have the second, or I guess I should say the second round. So it's the total the third and fourth Democratic presidential debates coming yeah. up this week. Big news. Big news. People will make little tiny speeches. That's right. And try to interrupt each other as best as they can. We will have once again uh, Marianne Williamson, who, John, okay, I have, I have a true confession to make. Okay. Okay, folks. She's the best one. Well, here's, here's the deal, guys. In order for the the Democrats have changed things up a little bit with how they do the debate. I've got to be real, real honest here. Uh, In 2016, the Republicans had 17 candidates. And what the people decided to do who were running those debates at the time decided, you know what, we're just going to make this real simple. And we're going to do, I think it was initially 10 in the normal debate, the top 10 polling candidates. And then they had the lowest polling seven candidates in what they called the kiddie table debate. Yes. So essentially, they just looked at the polls and they said, all right, we're just splitting it up. We're cutting it off. We think 10 is a good number. More than that is too many. So we're going to uh, just not really care who is number nine, number 10, number 11. You know, there's a hard cutoff and that's it. Yeah. But the Democrats are not willing to do that. No, I, I think they're worried that the candidates depending on how things are polling they're worried that people may be offended they're worried that people that have spent all this time campaigning are not going to want to do the debate they're they're wanting to mix it up and also to be fair i think that cnn and some of the other people are probably interested in having more um ratings i mean let's be honest so they came up with this highly elaborate tiered system did you happen to watch the uh the draw john for the, uh, the debates no i, I had uh, i had to um, wash my cat that day. I had other really important work that had to be done. Um, I had to um, had to comb my hair. Uh, I was really busy. So yes. So well, I, unfortunately, I missed out on the all important uh, Democratic uh, debate order draw 
so no, you, unfortunately, I missed out. Well, you you definitely did because CNN held a live drawing. For, oh my gosh! For the Democratic debate, where they. Uh, as like so much that CNN does, uh, I heard people repeatedly joking, um, no CNN show would be complete without Wolf Blitzer looking like he had just climbed three flights of stairs and we're back and with, we're, and, uh, we're, uh, we're very excited we're to be bringing to you the uh, results and here and here to do the drawing is there's Chris Eliza there, dressed in the Vanna White dress. There's going to be a bunch of uh, candidates and we're going to have uh, all these people that are coming and we're going to, uh, all right. So basically he went through and he, he said, yes, these are the 20 candidates and here's who they are. And we're going to do this thing and we'll be back after a break. And yeah, so they took a commercial because, break because it's all about the, point the Benjamins. Of, it's a television show, and the point of a television show is to sell commercials. Hey, uh, to to paraphrase Ilhan Omar, it really is all about the Benjamins in this case. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, unlike her uh, uh, racist and more than vaguely anti-Semitic comments about Israel, she was, and she was talking about that it was all about the tribe of Benjamin and their yeah, plot right. to overthrow the world sure. through the Rothschild family. And, subs and also to control the weather. <laughs> That's right. But in this case, for CNN, it really is all about the Benjamins. And what they did was they, uh, they did this drawing. Yeah, and they, for her, it was all about the Benjamin Netanyahu's. Yes. <laughs> in this case, it's the Benjamin Franklin's. So in, in this case, CNN is hosting this debate. C, uh, CNN got to do the draw. So they got, John, the thing that's so funny is that not only did they get the ratings, or will they get the ratings on July 30th and 31st in Detroit, Michigan, uh, not only did they get the the right to do those debates at 8 p.m. Eastern each time, they also then got to further extend the ratings by doing this much-hyped draw uh, mm -hmm. about a week and a half ago. So here is the gist of it. The candidates will have to hit one of two metrics to qualify for this Democratic debate. Number one, polling. A candidate could qualify by hitting just 1%. Oh, man. <laughs> It's a real high bar. 1% in three separate polls released between January and a cutoff point, June 12th, before the first debate. They're being way too nice. I, I feel like they need to be meaner. And, well, and, and they're just not willing to just well, tell Beto O'Rourke to go. Although maybe Beto's not at 1% no, at this no. point. <laughs> well, so, no, the best part was just on that note on the, on the percent, there was a fantastic tweet from governor, former governor of Colorado, John Hickenlooper. And he sent this tweet and he said, Hickenlooper, Hickenlooper. barely know her. He said, he said, you made this happen. Our campaign has real momentum, you know, looking forward to the next step and joining you in the next debate. He sent out this tweet when it was reported that he was now polling at 2%. Whoa. He had doubled his Doubling polling support. It, the fastest growing that's, that's right. support of any Democrat candidate. So, John, you know what the margin of error was on that poll? It was probably like 3%. It was right? 3%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Hickenlooper may actually be polling at negative 1%. <laughs> uh, I will actively vote against him. Yes. But, I mean, okay, sure, maybe possibly he's also polling at 5%. But uh, uh, then again, when you, literally have, when you literally have 20 candidates in the debate, at best case, you were polling with 120th of the support. If John Hickenlooper walked into this room right now, sat in my lap, and said, my name is John Hickenlooper, I would not know that it was John, John Hickenlooper. Yes. That's, um, to be fair, because I am such a, such a uber junkie nerd on these things, I do know what he looks like. I have seen him for the last several years. John, I hate to say it, but one of the reasons why we know what he looks like or why I do, you know who one of his best friends were was when they were both governors of... Uh, Western and Midwestern states. 
uh, Rod Blagojevich. No, nope, no. Nope. Okay. It, it was an across-the-aisle friendship from another old white guy who was also a semi-moderate governor. Oh, John Kasich. You are correct. Oh, so are people thinking there could be a Kasich, Hickenlooper, that was, horrible uh, third-party ticket yeah, there, 2020? There was originally the idea that there could be this fusion ticket of John Kasich and John Hickenlooper, the John's ticket. We believe in nothing. That's right. Yeah. There was originally that thought, and then John Hickenlooper decided to run for the, the debate, the, the, the nomination as a Democrat. And Kasich, I don't, I don't know if he's going to run at this point. I think he may try to save his powder until uh, 2024. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't know what will happen. But A lot of Republicans, by the way, who, um, just real briefly, a lot of Republicans very quietly positioning themselves for 2024. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lindsey Graham 2.0 is about nothing other than 2024. Okay, so a side note, this is a little bit more in depth, but I got to bring it up because this is a talk radio show and this is what we do. We discuss the important talk on the radio. We discuss the important news of the day. And folks, I'll I'll peel back the curtain a little bit. When I was in Atlanta last week, I was at a secret undisclosed location in the greater Atlanta area where I met with a shadowy cabal of family policy council leaders from oh, across the God. country. I was about to say, this sounds like the setup for a Ku Klux Klan meeting, but no, no, thank God. No, <laughs> we did go to world of Coke, was but that to my knowledge, Coke has nothing to do with the KKK. Thank goodness. Then you drank some Coca-Cola. Uh, we, hey! drank, we drank a bunch of Coca-Cola. There was okay. Coca-Cola there. John, I will t- tell you, if you go to the world of Coke in Atlanta, Georgia, you, you drink Coca-Cola. You, you can see all sorts of exhibits about Coca-Cola. You can see historical advertisements about Coca-Cola. You can sit in a 4D theater with rocking seats that talk about the joys of Coca-Cola and the fact, John, that Coca-Cola is more than just a beverage. It's, it's more a than way just, of life. It is. It, right. It's an experience. It's a community Anyway, of when people. you were in Atlanta. When I was in Atlanta and not being brainwashed by Coca-Cola advertising, yes. we, uh, we met as the shadowy cabal of family policy council directors, men and women from across the country, some of whom are newer, some of whom have been involved in All a right. long time. All right. Whom did you meet? Oh, well, no, no. This is no name dropping. This is just relating to what you were talking about positioning. Although I will say, I did eat, meet Eric Erickson. I did eat, meet the governor of Georgia, right. Brian Kemp. Does this story have an end it at some point? It doesn't. All right, it let's does have go. an end. Okay. The question that was asked, and this is something that will be talked about for the next year and a half. The question that was asked was, who will be the next Republican president. Now, we're, we're taking a break, folks. I know I'm giving you political whiplash here, but we've been talking about the Democrats. We're going to get to that. That's going to be a huge focus on today's show. Trust me. Just you're going to you're going to get all your Democratic talking points. But, John, who will be the next Republican president? Well, Lindsey Graham certainly thinks he will be. That's right. Uh, Ted Cruz still thinks he will be. Mm-hmm. Um, Marco Rubio still thinks he will be. Probably not Mitt Romney at this point. Nikki Haley thinks she will be. Uh, and I would vote for a Nikki Haley ticket. Yeah. I'm not sure who else. I, you know I think, who Mitt, Romney, I think the... Mitt Romney's probably looking at Joe Biden and <laughs> that Joe Biden's like 76 and still going to run for president. Like, well, maybe I wasn't that old. Maybe yep. I could have done this again. You know, I, I, I will. Uh, I'll ask you, though. Uh, you know who you did not say in all those first Five candidates. Who? The current sitting vice president of the United States. Yeah, Mike Pence. But yeah. isn't it interesting that, and, and this was a similar scenario to what I experienced. Yeah, nobody's when I was talking about there. Mike. Mike's been, I mean, this is a thing with vice presidents that they'll have like 
year-long stretches where you don't hear anything about them whatsoever. And I feel like Pence is in like a two-year-long stretch where we haven't heard neither hide nor hair of him. I, I mean, to be fair, he is... He's spoken at different events. He spoke at the Values Voter Summit last year. He's he's spoken at other types of things. But sometimes, John, from a political standpoint... I mean, uh, he doesn't seem to be a, at least publicly, noticeably, quite as engaged in the presidency as Dick Cheney was during the George W. Bush presidency. Well, as my Democratic friends would say, it would be pretty hard to be as engaged as Dick Cheney was. He Since was, he was basically the shadow puppet president. That's anyway. right. <laughs> anyway. Okay, folks, when we come back, we're going to continue talking about the Democratic national debate. And it really does matter. This is not just political junkieism. It really matters, which is why we're going to wrap it up on life, family, liberty. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller. It is Monday, the 29th day of July, the year of our Lord, 2019. Happy to be with you, whether, wherever you are watching or listening, however you consume your media, and on whichever speed you consume it. If you are a person who likes it old school and likes to just listen on terrestrial radio, you can do that on 1680. AM in Fresno, Talk Radio 1680. You can also watch on Facebook Live if you're one of the hip um, 55 to Facebook. 80 year old <laughs> people. As we found out when we were doing demographic announcements uh, or de demographic analysis several months ago, um, this show and uh, other other shows like it that I have been on are popular in the 50 plus um, married women set. So hey. very glad that I appeal to that very important how, demographic. How married, how married are we talking? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> are they like fanatics about it? Very, very much so. <laughs> Grandma type, ah, John, come on. on. Hey, ladies. No, just kidding. So, uh, it, you know, it shouldn't surprise us. Given the, Sorry, uh, ladies. Given married the, man. <laughs> given the Take organizations in. that we run. Uh, Probably not the best idea to be trolling for older women. <laughs> I, was going to say, I was going to say that both of our organizations rely heavily on this particular demographic for both uh, volunteering and board membership yeah. and, and donations, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, so, okay, all right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll try to, you know, I'll try to keep it, keep things to a, a dull roar. So. Uh, you know, we've got zero <laughs> mostel from the producers over here swindling all these poor old ladies out of their money. Come I on. know, geez Louise. Good grief. All right, okay. moving right along. So let's get back to the topic at hand, which is the Democratic National Conventions. Oh man! Second round of the debates. only the only thing that could get, make this show sexier. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay, so seeing John Hickenlooper. That's right. He's a he, he's a heartbreaker, ladies. Again, yeah. a man who, if he walked into this room, laid down on this table in front of us and told me, "My name is John Hickenlooper," I would not know who he was. Julia just texted me, and as you know, she very rarely texts me during the show, and she said, Johnny, stop talking. <laughs> Emoji of woman with a hand over her face. Uh, so. Sorry, Julia. See, I, I do it for that kind of reaction from Julia. That, yep. that's, that's what makes the show That's what makes the show fun. I guess it's just good that your, your wife is not listening live or watching live. I'm assuming, I'm assuming she is not watching the show live. But I'm not sure. She might be. 
Yes. She often does. If so, if so she is probably similarly scandalized. Well, you know, this is this is uh, this, this is why I, uh, this is why Holly married me is because I I go in front of people and I say outrageous things. He says the things people and then aren't she, willing to say. Folks. And then she goes like this. Yeah. She pretends to be upset. You know, much and like- then. Deep down, she's like, uh, "That was pretty funny." Uh, she, she, M- much that like that guy right there. Much like our current president, you just tell it like it is, John. I just tell it like it. Well, so, anyway, moving right along. <laughs> okay, so moving right along, let's go back to this article from Vox.com in their policy and politics section. Baltimore is actually an unpleasant place to live. I, I well, you know what? I, uh, I I I actually think that the mayor of Baltimore, some of her tweets from last year as I, as were unearthed over the weekend, <laughs> do not disagree with you. <laughs> some of them just as a side note, not that we normally weigh into this type of controversy on life family liberty, but yes, um the mayor of Baltimore herself said something along the lines of, "Man, we need to burn this bleep down." Yeah, uh, visiting some of the condemned areas. Man, you can smell the rats. Actual yeah. tweets from the mayor of Baltimore, not the president of the I United States. I think it's States. just a thing of everyone in Baltimore is like, hey, only we get to talk about how much our city sucks. You're it's not like, allowed to talk about how much our city sucks. It's like Boston. Yeah. You know? Hey. Hey. <laughs> All right, let's not let's not attempt Boston accents. No, no, we'll leave that up to Seth Myers. Um, okay, so ask not what your country can do for you, Mayor Quimby. <laughs> uh, okay, polling. That was just a bad Kennedy impersonation. Any candidate could qualify for the July debate for the Democratic presidential debate could, by hitting just one percent in three separate polls released between January and June twelfth before the first debate. These could be either national polls or any of the first four primary or caucus states, Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. They would, however, have to be from a list of 18 respected polling organizations. So in other words, you can't be, you know, you can't run the the Beto O'Rourke for president polling internal poll foundation. You have to have a legitimate poll. But John, Jonathan, I I was like born to do this, man. And stand on countertops. Wow. Hey, uh, you only have to hit 1% in these polls. So, it, I mean, it, it really is every Tom, Dick, and Harry, and Elizabeth, and Kamala, and Pete, and Joe. <laughs> I mean, it, it's pretty much anybody who wants to run is running. So so how many people will be will be in this debate? Well, so we'll, we'll get to that. Se- second thing, there is a second option. If you cannot somehow hit the very, very low standard of 1%, mm-hmm. you can also do it via grassroots fundraising. Separately, a candidate could also qualify by raising money from at least 65,000 unique donors. Now, I realize that sounds like a lot of unique donors. I'm now imagining uh, Tom Steyer, billionaire Tom Steyer, who entered the Democratic race, um, making 65,000 different individual contributions in different states all while wearing a different mustache yeah. so that space. that would technically be illegal if you did that but but yes um <laughs> and to ensure at least some geographic spread of support they'd have to have at least 200 donors in 20 states so uh the interesting thing is john you look at that those sixty-five thousand people out of a nation of 300 plus million people it really is not that hard Um, many of these campaigns i think the bernie sanders campaign had something like over a million unique donors Mm. so the idea that you would need (laughs) only sixty-five thousand unique donors is is relatively easy a million people who haven't taken a shower today yep (laughs) 
Uh, okay, so, so it says because, <laughs> Moving right along Because the qualification rules are the same The crop of candidates who made the cut for the second debate Is roughly the same The only exception Pour one out For California Representative Eric Swalwell Oh, the swall that's getting, right. getting your swall on. That's right. Yeah. The swall. Well, because well he's gone. Was, that's right. He's gone. I will remember, remember you. That's right. Uh, Eric. He was the guy who was saying like. He's the that, one that, that told said, Joe Biden, time to pass the torch. Yeah. And, and, and Joe and said, I'm still holding on to that torch. And Eric Swall said, okay. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> guess I'll go All back right. home. I guess, I guess I'm so okay. Uh, wasn't Eric Swalwell also the one who, when people were saying like, yeah, like part of the Second Amendment, you know, the idea behind it is, you know, that it provides some level of deterrence against the federal government from overreaching and tyrannical power. And Eric Swalwell said, listen, man, federal government has nukes. Yes. <laughs> As if implying yes. that the federal government can or should or <laughs> might uh, someday nuke Alabama. Nuke so yes. that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was kind of amazing because people were saying part of the reason why the the Second Amendment was originally put in place. And, and many, I think it's pretty well universally reasoned that the founders were concerned about an out-of-control, tyrannical federal government, similar to what happened in England, mm -hmm. taking away their rights again. Um, and. Anyway. That is a that was a key thing that Eric Swalwell said. So yes. uh, now the only exception, as they said, Eric Swalwell dropped out. But John, we have a new entrant onto the debate stage. Oh man, Montana Governor Steve Bullock. Yet again, another person who, if he walked into this room, started doing cartwheels in the middle of this room and declared that my name is Steve Bullock, I would not know who he is. Here is a elk burger from the great state of Montana. Here you go. <laughs> you would still not know who he was. We're going to get down to the other 19. Yes, that's right, folks. 19 candidates when we come back on Life, Family, Liberty. Welcome back to Life, Family, Liberty. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller, happy to be with you in the studio of Right to Life in Central California. Thanks to my good friend and great co-host, John Girardi. You're welcome. Appreciate Spitting all kinds of hot takes, outraging, our, uh, shocking and outraging our audience. At least our wives in the audience. At least our wives. And um, still uh, not sure who many of the people running for president on the Democratic side are. But that's why we're here, John. Or at least that's why I'm here. So I, I suggested this as an idea during the break before Jonathan started looking up the release date of Shrek 5. Um, that <laughs> hey, there's perhaps, a good reason for that. Perhaps a fun idea would be to go through the list of Democrat presidential candidate names and see if I know who any of them are. Because yes. I think I only know about like six of them. So I'm going to I'm going to give you a list. As we said in the previous segments, a candidate can qualify for one of the debates. And the debates are coming up on CNN. They will be tomorrow, if you're listening on Monday, if you're watching live. They will be uh, Tuesday, the 29th. Excuse me. Tuesday, Tuesday the, 30th, the 30th. And Wednesday the 31st. Wednesday the 31st. In Detroit, Michigan at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. All right. I will most likely be trying to watch them because I am a masochist who loves to 
watch Democrats uh, say horribly, awfully offensive things that attack pro-life and family and religious liberty. I will not. So, John, Eric Swalwell dropped out. Montana Steve Governor... uh, Montana Steve Governor... See? I don't even know his name. Montana Governor Steve Bullock qualified. Mm -hmm. So there are... 10 candidates on camera per night. Okay. And, and what they did was, I need to clarify, they, before I give you the names, they divided these candidates into tiers. They did three separate tiers. They said, these four candidates are the top tier. Okay. We're going to split them between each night. Each night we'll get two of these four candidates. Mm-hmm. Then these next six candidates three are, will be split are mid-tier. And they did like a drawing and back and forth. And then, all right, these final 10 candidates are low tier. There's going to be five of them in each debate all right so maybe go through that bottom tier and see well, if i know who any of them are all right let me see if i can find the uh, the tiered system uh let's see here um because yeah i continue to think that the democrats are being foolish i guess maybe the next debate they're going to start you know being ruthless about it and start you know actually cutting out people who have no chance of winning but this is the problem with modern presidential politics is that a lot of people run for president with absolutely no hope that they're actually going to win. It's it's just like a vanity thing so that they can sell some books or maybe get a TV show on MSNBC or some or you know bump up their speaking fees because then you go from anonymous member of Congress to hey member of Congress and presidential candidate Eric Swalwell. So it it's it's just becoming kind of a just a, a profile booster, and that's really all that it is. And some people think, "Hey, Donald Trump caught lightning in a bottle. No one thought he was going to win. Now he's president. Maybe it'll ha- maybe it'll happen to me. I'm certainly the smartest and best and greatest person I know," says Beto O'Rourke. So that's basically what presidential politics has become. So, right. so let me start. I'll get it out of the way because I know you all know. But tier three, highest polling people: uh, Joe Biden, know him, former Familiar. vice president. Kamala Harris. Familiar. That's right. Senator from California. Bernie Sanders. I have sometimes not showered. There you go. Familiar. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Elizabeth Warren. Okay. Know her. So I will tell you the way that those are broken up in the uh, first night. I'm not going to give you all of them. But, okay. Uh, in, in the first night, July 30th, you're going to have Bernie Sanders versus Elizabeth Warren. OG socialism versus the new semi-capitalist but still socialist Elizabeth Warren. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. Yes. Anyway. In I was the, trying to make some Native American joke about Elizabeth <laughs> Warren. It was just failing. Sorry. Uh, I, mean, I need to be more nimble up here, it, people. It, in July 30, on July 31st, you were going to have the rematch, John. The rematch between Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Oh, man. Well, she kind of beat him like a drum last time. So I know. I, I'm really looking forward to his wild swinging attempt to fight back at her which will undoubtedly lead to accusations that he's a sexist uh, or a racist and a racist old white man yes yeah. and he can actually be racist in this case against two different minority ethnicities he can Hey-o. be racist against I am anti-Jamaican and I am anti-Indian because yeah yeah many people true. forget that Kamala Harris, Harris is not she's Indian, not actually African American she is not like President Obama the descendant of a man who was born in Africa and a woman who was born in America, a white woman who was born in America. She is also not the descendant of slaves that were in America, like many other uh, African-Americans in the state of California or Virginia or Alabama or anywhere. Um, 
she is a first generation. She was born in America, obviously, but her father is an immigrant from Jamaica. Her mother was an immigrant from India, not uh-huh. an American Indian like Elizabeth yes. Warren claims to be, but from and India. From India. There we go. Okay. So, so that's tier one. Uh, tier two. Cory Booker. Familiar. No, I am no, I, no, no, I should ask you where these people are, what what their job title is and, and where they're from. Cory Booker is a senator from New Jersey. You are he correct. He's also a, a freed Roman slave. That's Spartacus. right. I am Spartacus. Yeah. Or at least he had what was close to his Spartacus moment. Uh, Pete Buttigieg. Uh, his job description says that he is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> he is actually a presidential candidate. There you go. <laughs> Little known. Uh, Julian Castro. Uh, Julian Castro, I only know because of the election. Uh, his job is a transgender abortionist. That is pretty close. As in providing abortions for transgender people. Anyway. Uh, he is actually the former mayor of El Paso, Texas. Get out of town. I had, I actually honestly had no idea. John, John, saying get out of town or saying send her back are both racist i want you to take it back right now i will not have that type of nativist divisive rhetoric oh, on my course. show so I'd, i would never dream of it okay thank you yeah. thank you okay uh he was also in addition to the uh being the uh former mayor of el paso he was about to lose a re-election bid because he was so unpopular in his own city <laughs> that he was very quickly airlifted out of that state uh, before he would have to face crushing defeat at the polls or even a recall election mm-hmm. by the Obama administration because they said, no, you know, he gave the uh, he gave the speech at the 2012 Democratic Convention. And uh, we probably Everyone liked him. Yeah, we really should preserve his ability to be uh, a future candidate. So we'll make him the secretary of housing and urban development, housing and urban development, a well-known department of the federal government. That's really useful for stashing people that you want in your administration, but who are otherwise totally useless to you. I, I hate to say it, but that is why, and, and again, Sorry, ben Carson. it seriously gives me no pleasure to say this. Cause I think Ben Carson is a brilliant man. I think he could be, he, he could be I very- think Ben Carson is brilliant in the area of performing surgery. I and, think and, when you get him out of that comfort zone. And that is why. It's like my dad. My dad's a brilliant guy. He's a really good surgeon. <laughs> he knows about, he has certain lanes, and in those lanes, he's great. You know. Don't try to discuss opera with him, though. Okay. Well, that's fair. It's not going to go well. That's so, fair. You know. Uh, that is a. Uh, anyway, is, so that's some of the top tier. That's some of the top tier. We've got, uh, we've got three more in that mid tier, tier two, and then we'll finish up with tier one. And then, John, I think that'll wrap up today's show. So we're, we're going to talk about those when we come back. Believe me, you're not going to want to miss this, folks. It is riveting, exciting radio. And I know it's data that you need to have before the big debates later this week. I'm Jonathan Keller. And I'm John Drew. We'll be back in just a few minutes on Life, Family, Liberty. Life Family Liberty, a radio show production of California Family Council. Happy to be with you today. I'm your host, Jonathan Keller. And I am John Girardi. He is my physical host. I'm the audible host of the show. John is the physical host of the show and the podcast as we are here in the great studios of Right to Life Central California. Yes, indeed. John, 
this is our last segment, so we're going to have to go a little bit quickly, but I wanted to wrap up a little yeah. bit of a preview for the debate. Yeah, let's go through the names here and see what I know about any of these people. All right, so we made it halfway through the uh, Tier 2. So, so far, you, you've correctly identified... So, Tier identified 1, so just to clarify for people, Tier 3 is the most popular people. Correct. Tier 2 are the medium, and Tier 1 are the least popular people. That is correct. I'm likely not to know very many of the Tier 1 people. Tier, tier 3... Uh, former Vice President Joe Biden, California Senator Kamala Harris, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. You knew all three of those people, or all four of those people, rather, correctly. Tier two, we got through New Jersey Senator Cory Booker, I am Spartacus, South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg, former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Julian Castro, and uh, eater of Beto O'Rourke's soul in that last debate, mm -hmm. uh, Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar, who... Uh Accidentally mistook salad dressing for soup, <laughs> according to reliable information from my wife. There you go. Who is herself a Minnesotan. Yes. Uh, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, who is also famous for berating her staff. Um, hey, she's just being a boss. She's just apparently. being a boss, boss, blank, blank. That's blank. right. You know, if a man does it, no one cares. Eh, people probably would care. Um, Robert Francis, quote unquote, Pedro O'Rourke. Uh, I've heard of this man. I hear he uh, likes to play guitars, stand on countertops, uh, and Hack. likes having uh, very gaudy profiles of himself on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, which will probably go down as another, yet another sterling example of Rolling Stone uh, being ahead of the curve with their journalism. I, I agree with you. There's not much more you can say. And this one, John, I, I think you would know who this is, but Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang, I vaguely, I don't know what he does other than run for president. I know he is, he is very into tech. Yes. Somehow. That is um, mostly correct. I don't know a single other thing about him. I saw, I did not listen to it because I didn't have my headphones in, but I saw when I was at the gym on Sunday, him being interviewed by Chris Wallace. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I disagree with him on many, many policy issues clarify he is andrew yang uh, born in schenectady new york what does he do he is well first off he got his ba from brown he got what his, does he, his yeah. jd from columbia oh i'm well, just, just a saying. lawyer oh. yeah yeah and he's an attorney and an entrepreneur he's 44 years old oh an entrepreneur <laughs> that's <laughs> hey. that's that's french for jackass <laughs> <laughs> he's four he's 44 years old uh, his father graduated with a PhD in physics and worked in the research labs of so IBM is, is and General Is he one of, those, one of those 44 year olds who's trying to pretend he's a millennial? His mother graduated with a master's degree in statistics. So he's, he's very smart. He's, he's uh, you know, comes from a, 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 a strong immigrant pedigree background, which good for him. He's an uh, entrepreneur, which okay. means you put your hands so like this. He worked in, uh, let's see here, let's see. In 1999, after graduating Columbia Law School, he began his career as a corporate attorney at Davis, Polk, and Wardwell in New York City. All right. Uh, he left the firm to launch Stargiving.com, a website for celebrity-affiliated philanthropic fundraising. Boy. That sounds really douchey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think uh, we've heard enough about Andrew hey, Yang. We got to get through this list. I know we got to get through the rest of the list. I'll, I'll just say this: I, uh, I I have a little bit of a soft spot for Andrew Yang. He um he has a a unique policy portfolio. If you go on his website, I think it's Yang twenty twenty or something. Uh, he has 
more policy proposals than you can shake a stick at. And I don't just mean a lot of times you go on presidential candidate websites. It's like, here's my five points. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the economy, uh, freedom, Jobs. Um, uh, yeah. values. Yeah. He and, has, and he doesn't, they don't actually say anything. No, no. He, he has something close to 100 different policy Wait, he proposals. was the circumcision guy. He is the only candidate to take a position on the divisive issue, the, the cutting issue. <laughs> All right, that's a close shave there. It's 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 you know it's very divisive. All right, we've taken a little bit off the top. Let's keep going with this list. We'll keep going. Uh, That's Andrew Yang. So that's tier two. Okay, tier one, the bottom tier. Here we go. Michael Bennett. Uh, Martellus Bennett. Oh, Michael Bennett was a defensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks. Nope, he is the senator from Colorado. Doggone it. Okay. All right. Uh, There's a little bit of a cheat because I gave it away in the last segment. If you were listening carefully steve bullock um montana that is correct governor 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 from the state of montana okay again another person who if he were to uh crawl out from under this table and sneakily say to me with a wink in his eye my name's steve Steve bullock Bullock. i would not know who he is that is that is him Montana. trying to devise all these other scenarios for steve bullock okay bill de blasio he is the mayor of New York City. That is right. And I, I kind of think, honestly, John, because I, I don't think he was really going to run. I think originally he thought, nah, I'm, you know, why would I run, you know? But then, he, City. but then he saw all of the press and fawning accolades that Mayor Pete Buttigieg, a city that is literally about one one hundredth the size of New York. Uh, that might be generous. I yeah. think South Bend's... Maybe 100,000? No, uh, yeah, it's about one one hundredth. South Bend's about 100,000. Yeah. So... Mayor de Blasio was looking and going, why am I, uh, why am I letting these jamokes who are these jabronis? Yeah. Who, who are literally, they're the mayor of a teeny tiny town in the Midwest. And yet somehow everyone, everyone, he's such a terrible mayor of New York. So universally recognized as a cruddy mayor of New York that everyone's like, yeah, we'd rather have the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, like pretty by a pretty substantial margin. Yep. Yeah. Uh, John Delaney. Wow. John Delaney could crash through this ceiling (laughs) onto my laptop, say, hi, I'm John Delaney. And I would not know who he is. Not to be confused with John Mulaney, the the former Saturday Night Live writer and And uh, stand-up comedian. No, no. John John Delaney Delaney is a former representative from Maryland. Oh, I've heard of him. He 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 ran for Congress. He got elected like one time, and then he was like, this is my path to presidential politics. He has been running for president, to clarify. He was the first candidate to announce. And by first candidate, I don't mean he announced in in January and he beat Beto or someone. No, he announced in 20, not 18, 2017. Ah, he has been running for president for two years, and Already. he is still in tier number one, the well, very bottom tier. Yeah, uh, you know he's got that running start. It'll help one, him out. One percent. Right. Moving on. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, she is from Hawaii. That is correct. She used to be kind of vaguely conservative, and yep. a lot of uh, delusional people on the right are still saying, "You know who could be really great is Tulsi Gabbard." I mean, she could be really great if she hadn't compromised all of her principles. That is correct. She, Moving uh, right along. She was a, for, or a current representative for the state of Hawaii, a congresswoman from Hawaii. Yes. And she's she, also a veteran, isn't she? She is a veteran, so we're thankful for her service. And she's very anti-war. She's very anti-war, so much so that she is vaguely almost pro-Bashar Assad in Syria and pro-Putin yeah. pro almost. That I mean, just sounds like Bill Crystal uh, propaganda. Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay, moving right so. on. Okay. Uh, 
Kirsten, not Kristen, Kirsten Gillibrand. Kirsten. I uh, know her, Senator from New York. Yes, correct. Uh, sort of made Al Franken resign, and Democrats are really mad because what proof did you actually have that Al Franken did Other anything? Other than a photo. Other than a photograph of him grabbing a sleeping woman's breasts. That's right. And all the other horrible, other than awful that, things he said. And like the 10 other people who accused him of doing similar stuff. Other than that, they have nothing. So, so yeah, that's... And Kirsten, Kirsten, Gillibrand Kirsten Gillibrand thinks that... So, the, the third candidate from yeah. New York running in this election. Yeah, and she thinks that anyone who's pro-life is like should basically be locked up. Or yes, yes. yes. Anyway, anyway, moving right along. Uh, John Hickenlooper. Now, finally, you do know who he is. Well, we've talked about him. I've sort of forgotten. Show. Was he senator from governor? Col- governor, former of Colorado. governor of Colorado, of Col- former governor, former governor. Wait, these people who are former things, man. Yeah, you can, the balls on the balls yep. on these people to try to run for president yep. on the strength of that. All right, formers. Well, you know. It's tough. I, you have to ask yourself, I, I, at, at least these people got done with their job successfully. Before I, I, trying I will to say. run for president. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because Pete Buttigieg, Pete, <laughs> as, as South Bend burns behind <laughs> him, Pete Buttigieg is like, hey, I should run for president. Anyways. Yes. Okay, uh, John Hickenlooper. Uh, Hickenlooper. I barely know her. Jay Inslee. Uh, no idea. He is the governor of Washington State. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. He's the one who's like, oh, some of us have actually done something about abortion. Yes. And then all of the Amy women. And then, all like, the well, women actually. and then all the women in the Senate who have not actually passed any legislation yep. regarding abortion said, hey, we've tried really hard. So there you go. Strike, wait, wait, big, uh, big win for uh, women's equality there, Senator Amy. And enjoy some more and, uh, Italians. And uh, we've forgotten dressing. about Jay Inslee. John, quick, we only have 90 seconds. And okay. the last two, uh, which brings me to my bombshell comment. Okay, uh, Tim Ryan. Um, I worked for an attorney named Tim Ryan once. He is the uh, representative from Ohio. He is from Hugh Hewitt's hometown. There's my obligatory Hugh Hewitt reference. Hey, there we he's go. The, he's the candidate that has been on Hugh Hewitt's radio show the most by far. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> really, sen- really tough, <laughs> and really narrowly edge, edging out Bernie Sanders, the, who's tied with zero. The claim to fame, Hugh, uh, Tim Ryan used to be pro-life, and nah. he has very publicly not pro-life. shifted and become like, and he has talked about his deconversion experience to not being pro-life. Mm-hmm. The last Wonderful. person, John, very quickly, and I wish we had more time, but Marianne Williamson. Uh, she she uh, believes in the healing powers of crystals, John, and she she's is, like a novelist or so, something. So here's the thing: you remember I told you. In the last segment, there's this important candidate thing where you have to have a certain number of, you have to have a certain number of donations to get into the next tier of the debates. Mm-hmm. She's in the debate this week, but she might not qualify for September. So John, she received last week a three dollar contribution from Jonathan Keller. From one Jonathan Keller. Oh man, way to way to jump on with the internet. There, my my first contribution to a Democratic candidate was $3 to Marianne Williamson because you know what John love love will win love is going to heal all that's good folks I hope you tune into the debates we will be back next week to discuss them to debate them to dissect them on life family liberty liberty